This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to How Great God Is. I am Keith Williams, your host for this elaborate podcast where we particularly share our faith in more ways than people can imagine. And so today we have a great guest with us on today. His name is Jonathan Drayton. Uh, that's Dayton with an R in front of it. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm blessed. Hearty favor. How are you doing today? Uh, I am doing pretty well. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, before we got on this uh, podcast, I put in for consideration for a pastoral position. Wow. Uh, senior pastor. So uh, I'm asking everyone to keep me in your prayers. It's yes, a, absolutely. It's a really big step. Uh, been in ministry for this is my 20th year. <laughs> and uh, praying uh, that um, to move on to the next level in in ministry. I do a lot of outreach too, but uh, that's not going to negate anything uh, should the Lord uh, allow me uh, to become senior pastor. That's not going away. It's, it's something that I really love to do. Uh, being out in these streets, but <laughs> this is not about me. It's about uh, you as our guest today. That's that's cool. But, you know, it's always good to interact. You know, I have dialogue and um, I'm really happy for you that you're having such an opportunity for you to change more lives and be more impactful and allow God to move through you. And it's always great to see that, you know, God is, you know, bringing up new people or bringing up people who have much more to do that's within their heart. And I'm just glad to have heard the news. And like you said, for sure, without question, I'm going to make sure that I, that I pray for you. Um, thank you so much. And I would like to start by uh, asking you to tell a little bit about you, who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. My name is Jonathan Drayton. I'm 28 years old. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm a graduate from the university at Albany, three majors. So I majored in philosophy, history, and political science. And there was something interesting that happened to me when I got into college. Important things that happened to me was I was pursuing a career in something in which that I can be proud of, make my parents proud but more importantly, that I can have an impact in life and I can make sure that when I close my eyes, you know, I've done something that can help society, help the world at large. And one of the things that kind of sparked that for me was that I majored, when I majored in philosophy, there was this burning desire to search, to search out wisdom, to search out understanding, to be an impact in my community as well. Uh, you know, as, as well as the people that I interacted with. And when I majored in philosophy, that kind of stirred it up in me. Now, I would say I was raised Christian, 
However, my parents' relationship and my relationship with God was two different things. I haven't yet developed my relationship with God as of yet to the extent that where it is now and my values, who I am, the way I live life, you know, all of that stemmed from how my parents raised me. But there was this missing element that I was searching, and that was to better understand who God is. You know, why did he create me? What was my purpose? And, you know, one of the writers in philosophy helped me realize that I was on the right trajectory. So I'm speaking of Aristotle, and there's a statement, a quote he mentions, where he says, at the intersection, there lies your gifts, talents, and abilities, and then there lies your purpose. So Again, my goal was to find out what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? And I constantly ask myself that question all the time. And I came to the realization that I wasn't going to be a football player. So during this time, I was in athletics. So I played football, Americana football, and I ran track. But there was something much more deeper that I felt God was leading me to. And then... Once I came to the realization that the efforts and times that I was putting into, you know, developing myself in terms of the best that I can do for school, there was this missing element on how can I transfer that over the time and effort I was putting for good grades into my relationship with God. And that's when the light went. I graduated with those three degrees in those three. that effort into studying God's word. And that's where it hit it off for me, where I said to myself, whatever I do moving forward, I'm actually in the process of preparing myself for law school. And I can use me in a higher realm in those places where God's needed. And I started this podcast called The Truth of the Matters podcast. And what I wanted people to do is educated people or people that are really interested in God's word there's a way in which you can dive into his word. Everything that we can apply. So I'm talking about subjects like philosophy, psychology, sociology, history, science. All that plays a role through a biblical lens. The question is, how do I apply what it is that I'm reading in God's word to my everyday life, right? We look at the Bible and we see that it's rooted in ancient writings from different writers, but I believe all scriptures, Holy Spirit breathed on. And therefore, I started that podcast to, you know, sort of reach out to people my age and show people that, hey, the Bible, even though it was written such a long time ago, can be really applicable to the way you live life and the way you approach life and the way you move forward. And even though, you know, the Bible is written in different perspectives in regards to there are some symbolisms, there's allegories, this poetry, this history, it can all come together and work for your good. And you can see Christ through them. So that's a little bit about who I am and what I actually do. So that's kind of how I got the podcast started. I've been doing it for three years now. I enjoy it. And I love talking to people like you, where you sit down, you discuss God's word. And as the book of Romans says, we were mutually encouraged by one another's faith. So being able to sit down and talk to other people that have that passion and that burning desire to read God's word, learn from it, and talk with others. And that is very inspiring 
to hear because we know that there are a lot of young people, uh, they're not in church anymore. I was just talking to my pastor a little bit earlier and he was saying how <clears throat> there's not that many young people in the church today. And that kind of really concerns me. And, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And for you to come on as a young man yourself uh, with such fire and passion for Christ, uh, it's no doubt in my mind that anyone, regardless of how old you are, have that opportunity to be passionate about God's word. And I cannot tell you how happy I am to, you know, hear that from a young person, considering the fact that we have a lot of young people uh, that are leaving the church, that are leaving Christianity. Uh, they, you have some that just completely reject God for who he is. And that concerns me. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point about the concern that it has. And I can speak to a little bit about that, that, you know, when you dive into God's word, it forces you to reflect on the way that you're living. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of us don't like to be told what we're doing and how consequential it could be for yourself and the people around you. And as we know in James, right, the the more you live in sin, Eventually, that sin that you're operating in leads to death, right? There are consequences for the lifestyles that we choose to live, whether it's for public consumption or private consumption. The reality is God calls us to be holy as he is holy, and that requires us to carry out our own cross. And it also requires us to be held accountable for our actions, you're speaking um, in regards to yeah go ahead but you know <laughs> there is some good news uh to all that what you're saying though is that we have an advocate yes we have an advocate in in, in jesus christ that you know whenever we feel that uh we can't bear the burdens that is difficult for us to carry that cross we have someone that is with us every single day that's encouraging us and strengthening us to say hey you know all things are possible through him and sometimes we have to take those uh faith steps even though we don't pretty much understand some of the things that we go through in life it's a process so nothing comes easy and even in my case, uh, when I'm, you know, getting ready to go on this possible new level in ministry, it's something I thought of a long time, but I never really had the faith to say, okay, you know, I'm going to submit this resume, you know, I'm going to go through the process, you know, whatever. So today I finally decided that, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out on faith. You know, and I'm going to trust that God sent the right person to this particular church. Amen. Uh, and so today, you know, this is where God is. And, and it's funny because shortly after I sent that resume and I was going through social media, here comes Hebrews 11.1. 1, 
that mm. says uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I was like, you know, God, you are always on it. You, you always giving me something that I need, you know, for that particular day. You know, what's your church today? You know, pastor preach on, you know, where's your faith? You know, and that empowered me to say, okay, I'm gonna do this. You know, I may get the job, you know, I may get the position. I may not get the position. You know, I don't know, but I'm going to step out on faith anyway. And here comes Hebrews 11, 1, that reminds me of what faith is. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm hoping for this position. I don't have this position yet, but by faith, I'm going to pursue it anyway. So God gives us the right word for that you know, particular time, you know, and it really gives me the, you know, the peace of mind that I'm going in the right direction. And so he would definitely give you uh, what you need. Um, there, there is this very important question, you know, that I need to ask. How do we get young people to come back to the church? How do we get young people to come back to Christ, first of all? and then the church. Yeah, so I'm thinking of two ways in which that we could sort of get the young generation back to understanding of coming to church. One of them is, you know, they need to understand, which is something you started speaking about, is that we're all favored by God. And it all starts with a personal relationship that we have christ and when we think about you know john three sixteen, and we read it slowly there's a portion in there that says so I, you know if i recite the whole thing like god so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life the important the important language that's in that verse is to believe in him right and we need to get the young people to see, to see that, you know, as you come to Christ, come unashamed. Understand that regardless of what you have done in your past shouldn't keep you from coming to the throne of grace. And we can look at different passages in the story, but one of them that comes to mind is Peter, right? Peter at the time, and, and, and I'm talking about this conversation that he has with God, Christ at the time in Matthew chapter four, and is actually also in Luke chapter four as well. And what happens is, is that Peter as a fisherman didn't find any fish. And Jesus tells him to go back into the water and to let your net on a particular side, right? And due to his obedience, he did so. And then he caught a lot of fish. So overwhelmingly that Peter at the time who had this encounter with Christ goes on to speak about all the things, how unworthy he believes that he is. And God, Christ, God through Christ explained to him that it doesn't matter of your past or what you've done. Right. And I'm hypothetically speaking here, paraphrasing. And I think a lot of us, 
when we look over our lives, we think that we have to be to a certain standard in order for us to be embraced by God. But we also have to understand that God is a God who makes things brand new, right? He takes what you are ashamed of and everything that you've done that you regret or you don't like to speak about. And he kind of gives you a reset. He gives you an opportunity to turn a new leaf. And I think that's one way that you can encourage the youth to know that by coming back to church and by embracing this God who loves you in spite of your flaws and your mistakes and is willing to work with you. And, and like you said, you, you spoke about God being a God of pride. So the things that you've done that you're ashamed of and you don't want to speak about, when you come to Christ, there's not going to be this immediate change, right? There's no point in which the Bible where we see any character that had immediate change right away. It's a process, and we can go through that as well. One of the passages thinking about is Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and it speaks about God as Christ himself who grew who grew in stature and maturity, not just with God, but with man. That took a process. That didn't just happen instantly, right away. I'm also thinking of 2 Kings chapter 4, where the, there's a woman whose husband pass, passes away, and she has two sons who are potentially going to be sold into slavery. And Elijah is speaking to this woman, and he tells her, what do you have in your home that's valuable or that can be useful? And she talks about the olive oil that she had. And it's through that olive oil that he encouraged her to get as many jars as she needs. And it's through the blessing that only she able to pay the debt off, but she's able to live off of that money that she made by the olive oil. All this took a process, right? It took a process of getting the jars so that of the olive oil can, can continue to continuously flow. So the point that I'm making is, is that you have to, at least for me, Show how, you know, show some of the younger, younger generation that we're not coming in when we ask you to come back or we want to invite you back to look at your circumstances as if you have to meet a certain standard for a job application or for a club. But instead, come as you are, and I believe you can be embraced, and then we can inform you of how much love you know love that god has for you unlimited and like it tells us in romans when sin increases grace increases all the more so that we might come to repentance right so there's a process of informing these people and then there's a trust and belief that when people understand that if they they have this willingness to want to better that you know want to benefit themselves and and want to have growth and it doesn't happen through isolation, it happens through community. I think those are two possible ways you can inform them and let them know. And again, the choice is always going to be theirs. But, you know, meeting them right where they are, because I believe Christ meets us where we are, is one of the beginning places that you can start to sort of inspire people to want to embrace and, you know, start a new journey. I, I definitely know. I definitely get where you're coming from, but here's here's where I'm getting from, you know, a lot of young people. Uh, some would say that they don't cater to 
you know, my needs and my struggles. I heard that. I also heard that from them that they said that the church is too judgmental, especially uh, our elder. They said that our elders are too judgmental. And that's kind of like scares them away from uh, coming back to the church. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you got to inform them that we all sin and I fall short of the glory of God. And I think what it is, is could it possibly be that there are some elders potentially that are turning them off? Because, I mean, regardless of where you go, there are different ways that church can be had. We also have to remember that the building is not what makes the church. It's the people that enter the building that make the church. Right. It's the individuals that bring Christ into the church because the church itself is within. It's not within a particular building. And I think when Jesus did that, he declared that, right, once the temple was destroyed, the change that occurs is within the heart. It's not within a particular building. However, growth can't happen without assurance, support love right one of my favorite passages is in romans says that we should be musically encouraged by one another's faith so we have to sort of inspire and motivate and inform them that the change that can happen also has to be understood that it's not just you individually going through this there are christians all around the world that are going through the same thing so some of them need to be informed of this that you can get that assistance to a body that's not going to judge you, but that's going to hold you accountable. And unfortunately, when it comes to some sort of judgment, some people conflate the two between being judged because, you know, it, it tells us in scriptures that we should judge righteously, rightly, right? Instead of by mere appearances, right? And mm -hmm. I think if you have people that don't want to be called to the carpet for things that they've done and without reflection, then I don't think that they want to grow and mature. And last thing I'll say is this, right? You don't start to realize that you need to be different until you're faced. It's the prime example on how a person knows that what they're doing is not working for them. And what I mean is, I don't want us as a body of believers to come to Christ when everything is wrong and when everything is great, you know, we, Christ doesn't hear from us. We have to learn to appreciate and, and talk to God when things are well and when things are not well. And I think that that's, that starts with this desire and this, this belief that God not only is going to meet you where you are, but he's going to be present in your time of need. He's going to be present when everything is going well. And I think Jesus did that beautifully when he started his miracles. There was a point in time in the scriptures, I believe Luke 6, where he drifted off to small places for prayer. And that's after he's done some things. And I think sometimes when we get to a certain place in life where things are going so well, we sort of forget about this relationship that we have with God and we lose that humble ability that was given to us at the start. So a lot of these different things can be harnessed and developed and taught. But, you know, you got to have willing for listeners and willing for people to see that you have a community of people 
that are going to be there for you when things are great and when things are not so great. Just like God is there for us when things are great and when things are not so great. So, um, so if it's more of a accountability issue, you know, or or they actually feel well, you know, they're judging me based on how I look, how I sound. I'm I'm kind of getting a little bit of both uh, from young people uh, that you have some that they really don't want to be held accountable for what they do and say. And then you have others, you know, you know, I, you know, I want to know, you know, Christ and everything, but the, the people that I encounter, you know, they're, they're not bringing that, you know, they're not bringing that experience there because they can't see past how I look. Now that there is where I have a problem with in both of those, you know, areas, you know, mm-hmm. you got some adults that feel the same way, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be held accountable, but <laughs> biblically we, you know, we all have a standard. Yeah. Biblically we have a standard. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also it's, cult- it's culture. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's, it's, I think it's sometimes it's, 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 it's church culture. And sometimes it's to, to what extent and to what degree are, so I, I guess I'll, I'll throw this out there, right? So there, and, and I can vouch for this because I've heard conversations about this as well. There are some that believe that tattoos is a problem, right? And, and they, they point to Leviticus as an example. There are some that believe based upon how you dress is another problem, right? So these these there's these conflicting ideas that we get in, in the old testament and then these these questions about well how does it fold over to the new testament right and and a lot of that has to do with a strong hermeneutics right mm-hmm. and how you view in that text are you viewing the text of who the audience was that when it was expressed are you in the covenant in which or the Jews and the other one is for the Gentiles. So there's a lot of questions, questions that come along with this invitation that's set. There are, and I'll put it this way. I think there are essential issues, right? In We sort of have an issue here. Um, Okay, uh, we're sort of having uh, a little technical issue here. Uh, So we'll bring him back. Yeah, I'm here. I think you lost me like quickly. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. It's conflicting views in some cases. Some cases is the view of of the strictness, right? And I think that's that's those are fair arguments in which that are brought up, right? And when you're trying to bring those two things together, I think that's that's kind of balancing. And yeah, I mean, and I understand both sides. Uh, so what what type of balance do we need to 
have in order to reach young people? I think it, I think it always starts with the basics. And that is one. So I put it this way. Christ encountered. There's two stories that Christ spoke about. One is the Good Samaritan. Remember that? And yes. That what's so powerful about that story is that when the man goes to a system, there wasn't a question on what background he was from or how old he was or how he looked. The most essential thing that was recognized and pointed to was the need of assistance. Another thing that I think about, and actually this revelation I just got earlier today, is that there's a question that is proposed by Christ to the crowd. And he says, who... And I think as believers, you have to ask that. You have to ask yourself that question. I was, and in Matthew 25, there's a brown. Just suggest that we do. And by doing them, we do them for him. Right? So I think if you're looking at the basic elements of Christian faith and what God is calling us to do as followers of him, Right. And and I can think no more than what Jesus said. They know you are disciples based upon how you love one another. It's those key elements that we can't lose sight of. We can't lose sight of what we believe our tradition and let the tradition like the Pharisees and Sadducees get in the way of assisting and helping others, especially those who have a willingness and a desire to not only be helped, to be led. And I think if we get back to those bases and those understandings of helping and wanting to be there for that person, I earn the respect of those. And based on how you treat them, I believe their desire to be more open and honest will soon follow after that. Uh, you mentioned this in your bio. Uh, we live our life on levels and arriving stages, and therefore we ought to pursue being like Christ every day. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so depending on the age group and depending on the lifestyle that you're living, when it comes to our faith walk individually, it's on different levels, right? And I can speak to this as to say that there are some people that when they start at a young age, they jump right into their career. They do well in school. They don't have any setbacks. They aren't left back. And they jump right into where they want to be. And they don't have any challenges maybe in the early stages of their life. There are some people that have numerous challenges in their early stage of their life, right? Maybe it takes them seven years to get their four-year degree, eight years to get their four-year degree. Maybe they have to work their way through college, which means they don't get to experience life at certain places. Maybe you don't get to make as much friendships, right? And the trajectory of all these challenges can help your character development, and it could also shape who you are as a person. And some of these challenges can destroy your, destroy your confidence and where you hope to be, right? And you come to realize that the way you this, that's living life on levels, on different levels. And all of us are not on that same level. There are some people that I know that establish and build a relationship with God in their later years instead of their early years, right? 
And because of that, there is no example that suits everyone. There's not one shoe side that fits all people. So you have to understand that wherever that person is, whatever God is bringing, all things work together that love the Lord and accord according to his purpose. So there are certain stages and places that people enter into and go through that's, that's essential and important for their character development and where God is going to place them and lead them into. And I think as followers of Christ, we have to understand that. And that's why I believe that our desire or that I need to do what we need to do as followers is to be supportive of those people when we see them going through those things. And then one of the best ways that we can do that is to love them like Christ loved the church, right? That example of Christ loving the church is the best example that we have for our standards for our marriages, for those who are married, and our standards for being supportive of people that we may not agree, we may not agree with some of the things that we do, but we love them, you know, unconditionally. And we're going to be, and you even know that love that you have for that person can then for them trusting you and then therefore wanting your opinion of that compassion and that relationship that we have is essential. And I'll, I'll mention one more thing. One of my favorite books in the Bible is First John. And the reason why it's First John is because I really admire what John writes in that first chapter. And there's a section from meaningful. And one of the one of the, the verse says, God is in him is no darkness at all. If we claim to be in fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The reason why that's so important is because the way we walk and the way that we act and the choices that we make and the things that we say is supposed to be reflective of that light. And in in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, it says, let your light shine before others so that they may glorify your Father in heaven. And the reason why this is... You know who you will encounter or what relationship that you have that's going to be that you can be a reflection of Christ, a representative. And that means that the way in which we speak to one another, the way in which we carry ourselves, of potentially the last Christ that person is going to see. And if you truly believe that someone sees, then you'll be cautious in the way that you speak to other people. You'll be cautious in how you represent yourself and how you represent God and what the kingdom of God looks like. And therefore, that's the reason why how we can strive. You know, you, you're really on to something. It says in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. I, you're really on to something there because I truly mm-hmm. believe if, if, if that is how we're supposed to act, when we are around people, then I think that <clears throat> that would be the foundation to where we can compel people to come to Christ. You know, and next thing you know, they'll get saved, uh, they'll get baptized, and and you know, they will start going to a Bible believing, Bible preaching uh, church. But one thing I do, be- you know, do believe, and this is what uh, Jesus have done this as well is mm-hmm. that he also catered to the natural needs yep. you know, of the people 
you, you know, as well, we read in Deuteronomy, you know, how, you know, we was instructed to help those that need help. If we have it, we should help them. Yeah. That we're, that we're to love justice. We're, we're not to negate the poor. Yep. And we're not, you know, we're not to overlook the widow and we're not to show partiality, you know, to someone that, that we think is, you know, well known and have all this power and things of that nature. You Amen. know, and I think as a, you know, that's what a lot of us, you, you know, are missing, you know, because some of us were being taught that, you know, in the four walls, but when we get outside them four walls, it's like a whole nother chapter that we're writing. It has yep. nothing to do with what Christ has, you know, instructed us to do. And I look around these churches and I'm wondering why are they empty? But yet in my 20 years in ministry, the one thing that I really hate is when pastors pray, Lord, send the people, you know, send the people. I was like, well, that's, you know, your prayer is not, and I'm thinking, okay, your prayer is not scriptural. Well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Bible says that we're to compel people, you know, to come. Well, how do you do that? You just gave several examples of how we compel people, you know, to come to Christ. You know, mm-hmm. so it's more than just the words that we say, because anybody, you know, you know, anybody can say the right word. But what about your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. There's you a know, beautiful passage that com- that complements what you said. It's also in First John. It says, "Let us not love with words." or speech, but in action and in truth. So I just want to provide that for context. To, that everything you're saying is accurate. I believe it. Amen. Uh, it's, it's great to be confirmed. Yeah. You, you, know, on the, you know, on that. Now, if, if all of your studies that you have done, you know, in college, uh, you mentioned philosophy, you mentioned uh, history. History. And the last one was political science. Oh, political science. So how how do you, you know, how do you see those studies, you know, intertwine with whatever ministry or assignment that God has given you? If he has given you an assignment already, you know, where do you see yourself with that? Yeah, so there's a passage in Gospel of Luke that I reflected upon is actually part of one of the things I speak about as one of the missions for the new year. So I don't believe in new year's resolutions. I actually believe in themes for the year and the example of the need to understand why I don't believe in new year's resolutions starts with Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25. And it speaks about speaking about things rashly only to consider the vow that you make. So if we're making vows to do things within our own strength and I think anything done within your own strength doesn't lead to success, but anything done through crisis strength leads to success, right? Which is why the whole idea of new resolutions doesn't make sense to me because there's never been anything done from a human perspective that's always guided, directed promises, right? But anything I think that Christ has done, he has the finished work that we can all appreciate, be appreciative of and thankful for because his work is done once and for all, and it's going to cover us all. But in regards to the passage I'm speaking about in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 56, the conversation I was having with 
I believe it's Peter and John. And what happens is, is they enter this area of Samaria and Jesus is informing them of the gospel, but they're not responsive. And immediately what James and John say to Christ is, how about we do what Elijah did and call down fire from heaven onto them, onto the people? And Jesus says something powerful there. He doesn't just rebuke them. He says that the Son of Man did not come to take life, but to give it. And that passage right there speaks about how we should share the gospel message. And I think through history, through the 1800s and the Catholic Church and beyond, on how some people, whether it's, I would point more to Western Christianity, has how that has been utilized to enslave Africans to America. And from a history, really dive into what the gospel message is. It's not to a specific group or specific culture. It's to all, right? And from a historical standpoint, people have a serious problem. Think that Christianity is rooted in European-centric points of views. And studying that scripture from a biblical lens and applying it to a historical context allows me to give the language to explain that Christianity is not limited to a specific group and the message itself is not limited to a specific group. So looking at all through history and seeing slavery on a, at a larger spectrum and having conversations and dialogues with that, that helped me tremendously to give that for context, especially based on that text, because you can also view that text in a marriage context, how you speak to your husband or how your, you know, your wife speaks to you, et cetera, et cetera, if you have, if you're married or not. But that's one way. Another way is you look at Jesus, the crucifixion. There are a lot of political aspects to the crucifixion that a lot of people don't know, especially during this time when Jewish religious religiosity along with religion was combined. So when you look at how G, the, the politics that were involved of getting Christ crucified was remained based upon Jesus doing something within the law that he didn't do, which is why it is very well detailed that Christ was not a man. But you wouldn't know that. Right. You would look at the whole aspect of the, of Jesus doing things where, they, you know, he was starting trouble, obviously, for good reason. Right. Yeah, right? I was I was going to mention that because, yeah. you know, they were saying, you know, OK, uh, you know, they, they was basically saying that Christ is a threat to. To Roman rule or whoever was the governor of Judea. The There's ruler. a lot of political aspects to that. You know, uh, There's a lot of political that aspects time. to that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we see that a mm -hmm. lot today in today's politics. To where, if if you know we're going around spilling truth, you know some people say that we're we're the we're an enemy of the state. Let's put it that way, you know. But we actually, you know, what we're speaking is absolute truth, and we got people, you know, now we you know we don't want to hear that. You know, that's a threat to my authority, and so. You know what Jesus had to endure back then is is nothing different than what we're going through, you know, right now from a political you know standpoint. But other than I get what you're saying, you know, I get what you're saying. There's um, <laughs> there's definitely, you know, a political aspect to that. And I must admit, I you know I don't know all the the full logistics of that. Just the 
just you know just on the surface was you know because i guess that um you know i'm too focused on the spiritual aspects of things and you know and not putting things into a historical or you know political you know stance mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is that you know uh even though it was predicted that jesus had to die that in in essence that uh you know what they done to him was clearly clearly political you know mm -hmm. there was a guy that they said that you know he's a threat to roman rule or he's a threat to judean rule and you know and people was they was following him by the thousands so you know they assumed that you know that jesus was going to you know take over and and be this you know political king or political messiah you know or whatever you know they were seeking from him but that's not why he came okay. you know he did not come to be an earthly you know or political messiah as some people you know wanted him to be i think there was a uh you know a verse in uh you know in john you know when uh after jesus fed uh, 5,000 people, you know, in the wilderness, you know, those folks wanted him to be their king. But, th mm -hmm. but that's not why, you know, God sent him, you know, on earth has nothing to do with anything political, even though the Romans made it a political issue it was not a political issue, but they mm -hmm. made it one anyway. Yeah, and, and when you think about the justice system think about what they did to him before he was even judged and we get that now that's called tampering right you can't tamper with the witness so there's a lot of aspects to that and, uh, and, and yeah you know i haven't thought about that neither you know and they would dive just, into right yeah. they would just it was him up charges. yeah you know yeah. they would just trumpet up charges that wouldn't work you know yeah. you know even though pilot was like well i, I I found no fault in this man, but yet they just, you know, they just trample up, you know, anything just to, you know, just to get rid of him, you know, something that goes on, you know, today, I say something that you don't like, bam, you try to get rid of me, right? Yeah. You know, it was all political. And I'm mm -hmm. so glad. Even when they, you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to so say, glad that go you ahead. And I'm so mm -hmm. glad that, you know, you brought that up because, you know, that's really the part, you know, of what Jesus had to go through that people really don't understand. You yeah. know, uh, you know, spiritually he suffered, yes, but you know, there are other aspects of his suffering that I don't think people you you know have you know have grasped, you know, you know, quite yet, because I believe that there's gonna be a time to where, you know, uh you know, people who hold fast to, you know, uh, things that Christ are going to be hunted down and killed. Yeah. You know, in favor of this one religion. Yeah. You, you know, things. So I think we have to be mindful of that. That's, you know, all I really want to say about that. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a good point. I think it's called the occult and they're going to try to utilize all the belief systems. And, and, and you, you know that at least gospel john 14 6 it's clear what jesus says i am the only way the truth and the life so regardless of where people stand along the lines of where of their belief and if they think it's 
it's that they're going to all come together. They're going to be mistakenly wrong about that. Right. So, well, but yes, sure. Well, one thing is sure. And the Bible made this perfectly clear that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Amen. is Lord. Amen. Yeah, so there's there's that, that aspect of when, and I think people when you dive into the conversation that Jesus has with the devil in the desert, and I mentioned, you know, Luke four, Matthew four, the he was tempted religiously, and he was also tempted politically, right? So the example is when he said, "Turn those stones into bread." In one aspect, it's, it's viewed in a sense to satisfy oneself, you know, individually. And there's an aspect to take the blessing that he has and to actually multiply it. And then the temptation of the, the about throwing himself down that angels would come and rescue him. That's religious temptation to utilize his, his power incorrectly. And another one is to worship him and he'll give him all the kingdoms. That's political power. Right. So I, I know this might sound far to some people. Before before right? you get into that, I just want to point out that, you know, that last part uh, mm-hmm. when uh, Satan sold Jesus all the kings of the world, and he said, I will give you this. I will give you all of this if you bow down and worship. Okay. I get the political aspect part, but for a purpose of, you know, people tuning in. Uh-huh. When the Bible said that the earth is the Lord and the full is thereof, that is like me giving you something that does not really belong to me. Yeah, you know amen. I mean? Yeah, you know. In other words, it's a trap. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a <laughs> you know, it's a trap. Uh-huh. You know, it's a trap, and Satan was trying to, you know, get Jesus to strip himself of his deity. You know, amen. by you know by doing that. And so mm-hmm. what what you know, even in the church today, the the culture is pounding us saying, you know, okay, you gotta cave into the culture. We're gonna call you all sorts of names, right? Yeah. And so we find a lot of churches giving into the culture, you yeah. know, because they don't want to be labeled X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, so the Bible point. tells us yeah. to separate yourself. Yeah. Separate yourself from the world. Because if yes. you love the world more than you love me, he says you don't belong. You don't belong. Yeah, you're not worthy of me. Yep. You don't belong to me. You're not worthy. You know, you're not worthy of me. But every day we have the culture knocking at that door saying, okay, you know, you got to agree with everything, you know, that we say, or you're going to be labeled X, Y, and Z, right? Yes. And so Thank we found a lot of churches, you know, they're scared. And they slowly caving in to the culture. Look, look at some of the things that that, that are being presented, you know, in, you know, in the church. And you you can personally guarantee that some of those things are that happened in church is a result of them caving to the culture rather than standing firm on God's word. Amen. There's 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 and a there's a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Major there's a- problem. Mm-hmm. There's a court case in 1972. If you don't mind, you can check it out later at the later date. It's Jonas Yoder versus the state of Wisconsin. And I look at that court case in an additive to what you're saying, that when it comes to our faith in Christ, it has to be a conviction and not a preference. 
right? Conviction is something that you believe wholeheartedly, regardless of the circumstances, your stance on it doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And a preference is something in which a person changes based upon, based upon newfound information. So our conviction in Christ has to be not only sincere, but on, right? And unfortunately, like what you're mentioning in regard to churches and some people within the church is that upon hearing new information and the impact line, they have this willingness to let down what's supposed to be secure and evident in their life and they're compromising it. And that's something that we shouldn't be doing in the face of adversity. And when it comes to what your conviction is, it's supposed to stand, you're supposed to stand in courage of those convictions, regardless of what you're faced with. And I think we've lost that. We've lost sight of that when, when we're dealing with things that the world promises or decides to do and contrary to the message of, that we're supposed to uphold. What do you think of that? I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Um, it, it really shows where we really stand. Are, are we Amen. wholeheartedly, you know, following Christ? Or are we just going through, hap you know, happenstance, you know, <clears throat> the, the, the way we think, the way we feel, you know, is, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 uh, our faith, everything. Or was, or was that determined by what the what the culture right? is like, what the culture is like, how you know how we feel, you know, it, it, uh, and we yeah. each of us need to, each of us need to examine ourselves, especially in that area, to find out exactly, you know, where we are. I mean, there are a lot of people, you know, you know, back in my day, we say, "Oh, you faking the funk," or <laughs> "You in denial," <laughs> you know, you're you know, you're in denial. And so being a denial, you know, and being a denial, faking the front means that, you know, you do just enough to get your foot in the door. Uh -huh. you know, but, we, but when we examine you according to 1 John 4, 1 John 4, 1, for example, we, we the, the fruit is not really there. You know what I'm saying? And, and then you get caught, but I, 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 nah, see. And then they and then they'll throw Matthew 7, 1 and 2 at you know at you and you're hoping that you would be quiet. And I was like, well, no, nah, you know, yeah. you cannot, <laughs> you know, you know, you cannot fool me because Holy Spirit revealed to me this. You know, you know, you know, this, you know, anyone that has their ear, I pray that, you know, I pray that they would listen, you know, but then again. There's one thing that God would not interfere with, you know, being all knowing, all powerful, and everyone is, you know, at once. He is not going to force, he is not going to force himself on us. It's called free will. Amen. You yes. know, otherwise, you know, we'll be, you know, what type of relationship, you know, you know, we will have, you know, if, you know, we're programmed and hotwired to do whatever. That's not what a that's not what a relationship is. It has to be, you know, someone that, that, you know, that's willing to pursue, you know, willing to engage and willing to be faithful. Yes. That's what a relationship is. And yes. so how much more important, Amen. you know, that, you know, when we speak uh, our relationship with Christ, how more important that is 
you know, then have a relationship with your husband or wife. Mm-hmm. You know, is 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 I, I would think that, you know, I would think that the uh the one before is more important than the than the four after, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, yeah. I I completely agree. Great point. But but these but these are things that are not even being discussed. They're yeah. they're, they're definitely not being discussed. You know, in church, what makes you think that someone is going to uh you know discuss it in a podcast? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, but yeah. these are things that we but these things there are you know that you know we need to know. I mean, do we have? you know certain differences yeah of course you know but when we mm-hmm. have when we talk about the basis of the christian faith christian theology uh when someone goes south that's where i have a problem with uh for example you have yeah. what you call the hebrew israelites you you have this so-called <laughs> you had the so-called uh charismatic movement the evangelical movement the uh the word mm-hmm. of faith movement, the Pentecostal apostolic, yeah. you, you know, mm-hmm. movement, the the prosperity gospel movement, if you want to, you know, you mm-hmm. want to call it that, yeah. all have a some sort, you know, brand of Christianity. But the basis of the Christian faith and theology, and many of the areas that I mentioned, are way off track. But yet, yeah. you have thousands of people you know, flock into these churches, mm-hmm. you know, but yet, you know, a church that is actually preaching the unadulterated word of God, you don't find, you know, many people there. Why? We have to go back to scripture again. Yeah. You know, you know, when we see that people are, they're looking for a tingling ear. It's in the ears. Yeah. Yeah. I know what they're, you're they're not about. looking yep. for they're not, they're not looking for sound doctrine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's one thing. And then another thing, you know, we have to look at, you know, it's the fact that uh, you have a wide road where there's a lot of people are at, and then you have mm-hmm. a narrow road where you don't hardly see anybody. Yeah. Jesus spoke about that. Amen. Right. Okay. Yeah. So all, so all, so all of that, so all of that has been prophesied and, we are going through that even as we speak that yeah. people are not going to hear the sound doctrine uh they're going to turn away from you know they're going to some people are going to turn away from the faith and they're going to have this 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 non-authentic i, I wouldn't say christianity they will have this this yeah. non-authentic view you know of the bible uh, mm-hmm. because anytime that you take one word out of context it, t- yep. it changed the whole meaning of the of, of a scripture patches, for example, right? Yeah. So we really yep. got to be careful. That so so for example, <clears throat> if if we talk about uh, the encounter that Eve had with Satan, yeah, you know, she said, okay, not only should we not eat of the tree, we're gonna die. But she also says that if we touch it, that we're gonna die. But that's not what God said. God said if you eat from the tree yep. you're gonna die but she, but yeah. she added but she added a couple of more words yeah. you, you know, she had a m- couple of more words than that and that kind of distorted 
what God has already told, you know, told them. And that was, that opened up a whole can of worms. And, you know, and next thing you know, we are born in this sinful state. Yes. Yes. But it does, but just because I'm in a sinful state does not mean, you know, I have to stay there, you know, just because I'm down in the dump or I'm swallowing mm-hmm. the mud doesn't mean I have to stay there, right? There's always a Absolutely. way out. You know, but you got folks like uh, Oprah Winfrey said, <laughs> you know, I'm a Christian, yes, you know, but there are many paths, you know, to get there. No man. To God. You know, there's many paths <laughs> to God. No man. So show me in the Bible where it says that there are many paths to God. And I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's because there aren't any. You know, Jesus said, mm-hmm. I'm the way to true and the light. No man can come to the Father unless he go through me first. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, so that's, you know, yeah. you know, but again, millions of people, you know, heard, you know, what she said, you know, and they're taking it to heart. And I'm like, you, you know, you know, and, and I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not surprised that this happened. Jesus told it was going to happen. Only thing he told us to do is to remain faithful and endure to the end. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. he told us it was coming. You know, he you know, yeah. he said there's going to be false prophets and false teachers. He told us that. You know, yeah, he said that come as a surprise. Yeah. So we we should not be surprised of this. But some people will say, Well, what should I do? And remain faithful and endure to the end. And we cannot do this either in ourselves. I mean, I won't even attempt to try to, yeah. you know, endure this spiritual warfare that we're in, you know, without Christ. So that's just like me fighting uh, a spiritual battle, but I'm using natural weapons. It's not gonna work. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We are definitely running out of time. And I, I just want to say before we close is that um, I thank God for you coming on here to expound so much wisdom and knowledge in the word uh, that I think people really need to hear. And it was just no happenstance that you are on here today. Yeah. I'm quite sure that there's some words that was mentioned here that's going to touch people's lives. And I just thank God for you to, you know, to come on, you know, on here. Uh, and, you know, you really brought some preaching moments here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some word of knowledge here, uh, some staunch revelation. Um, and I just cannot begin to tell you how proud I am. Allow God to continue to use you whatever capacity that he has you in. You may not know it what that is, but if you remain faithful and continue to seek him, he will reveal that to you and you will be great in the kingdom of God. Just know that. Thank you so much. And and are you sure you're not called to be a preacher? I don't think so. I think I think, you know, I think we all are called to go out and 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 and, and tell the gospel, right? And I'm not so certain that it's in in the capacity of a pastor or, or teaching, 
But I do think that what I can do is help my brothers and sisters in what capacity and support the church. And that's what I try to do. I don't think this should be my, you know, what I do over the church. I, I always believe that my podcast should always support of the churches, right? I think I view it as a, a piece of biblical about the week. I believe Sunday you, you attend church and you, you get a message from your pastor throughout the weekend. Our podcast can be used, nothing but a place of support into the, the body as a supporting tool to, you know, ministries and churches like yourself that you're getting ready to embark upon. Now, how uh, would someone be able to tune into your podcast? Say that one more time. Um, if if I want to tune into your podcast, how can I do that? Oh, okay. Yes. That of his podcast is available on most Spotify, Google, Audible, Amazon, all those major outlets, and also you can always reach the podcast. Or you can look at it on Instagram and it's called this is together uh T M I S. We also have a Facebook group called I'm a Believer. Again, it's called I'm a Believer. And on there we put up a verse a day and to kind of support and more kind of dialogue and conversation about God's word. And then if if there's any prayer require, you know, prayer requests or conversation about scripture any any of that so i i welcome it and my email is at speeded 83 at gmail.com s as in sam p as in play e as in elevated e as in elephant d as in david if 83 at gmail.com and i'm always there you can always send me an email and i usually respond within a day's time all right, uh, we're going to close here. One one of the things that we, as a tradition here at the Australia Broadcast Section, is that whenever we invite a guest to come on and when we get ready to close the show, we ask the guest to provide a last word. So the yeah. floor is now open to you to give your last word. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing, there's anything I, that was said today, maybe you don't recall it all. The most important thing I would suggest, my call to action for a listener, and start to develop your relationship with God by reading his word. I believe God sounds exactly like what he wrote. I believe that scriptures, Holy Spirit breathed upon and inspired. You won't be disappointed by allowing God to speak through his word to you. And I believe he does. I know there are different forms of Christianity that try to say, you know, there are miracles that God is in. God can definitely perform miracles, but he and you be separate and you, you represent Christ and past. That God's word, when you read it, is with
Christ through reading his word, you will not only constantly hear from him, but he will order your steps. And those are the steps that I believe you should allow to order you as you maneuver and live this Christian difference in life. So that's my encouragement. And that's what I try to do on my podcast. And there are many outlets out there that are trying to do the same thing. And don't forget to support your churches and be there. <laughs> be there in the community and be a part of it because growth doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in community. So I suggest that if you want to make a difference, get in a good Bible-based church and allow your gifts, talents, and abilities to flourish there so that God can use you for his good and for his kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jonathan Drayton. And I, I just want to do a quick prayer with you before I, before we get off here. Uh, I'm, I'm just feel led to pray for you, okay? Yeah, sure, I'm down. <clears throat> Father God, first of all, um, I give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for this day and know that you have given us all that you have blessed us with everything that you have poured in us and through us, I give you thanks. We now plead the blood of Jesus over this podcast. We know that the devil does not want us to talk about the things of God, but we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. We pray that this will go forth, that your word will go forth, for your word says that it will not return unto you void. Lord, we pray that this word will fall on on good ground, Lord, that someone will hear will, will come to know who you are. They will be compelled to come to you and they will receive your gift of salvation. For anyone who those who do not know Christ and the part of their sins, I pray that these words will, will go to their heart and their spirit, Lord. They will come to know you and that they will be saved in the pardon of their sins. And Lord, I pray for this young man on this podcast today, oh God. I pray that you will continue to strengthen him and guide him and lead him into all things, Lord. And whatever you call him to do, Lord, I pray that he will be receptive and mind, body, and spirit, oh Lord, that you will, you will equip him for what you have assigned to him. Lord, I thank you for him. He has poured so much. I thank you that he allow you to use him for your good. And now as we depart this place, Lord, we ask that your presence be with us always and for now, evermore. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And that will do it for us here today on how great God is. Thank you so much for being a part. I hope something that was said uh, that will encourage you, uplift you, and sometimes it may hold you accountable, but hey, you know, God chastises those in his care. It would only make us stronger in him. So until then, God bless you. Have a great weekend. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. 
Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by radioguestlist.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.